focus focus on the almighty God because he has asked me to come and share with us the topic destiny defining moments today by the grace of God this Sunday morning and this is the first Sunday in the month of September this Sunday is titled the sermon is titled destiny defining moments please open your Bibles to the book of Genesis chapter 37 Genesis chapter 37 hallelujah Genesis chapter 37 and we're going to be reading a very long scripture so brace up for it Genesis chapter 37 from verses 1 to 28 the book of Genesis chapter 37 from verses 1 to 28 I understand that they're having problems recording even though I'm recording here um, I will pause this and uh, help you out uh, while I do that uh, open to the book of Genesis chapter 37 from verses 1 to 28 God is a God of small beginnings God is a God of small beginnings Genesis chapter 37 from verses 1 to 28. I'm going to be reading from the contemporary English version. The Bible says, Jacob lived in the land of Canaan, where his father Isaac had lived. And this is the story of his family. When Jacob's son, Joseph, was 17 years old, he took care of the sheep with his brothers, the sons of Bilia and Zilpah. But he was always telling his father all sorts of bad things about his brothers. Jacob loved Joseph more than he did any of his other sons because Joseph was born when Jacob was very old. Jacob had even given Joseph his fancy coat, which showed that Joseph was his favorite son. And so Joseph's brothers hated him and would not be friendly to him. One day, Joseph told his brothers what he had dreamed, and they hated him even more. Joseph said, let me tell you about my dream. We were out in the field tying up bundles of wheat. Suddenly my bundles stood up and your bundles gathered around and bowed down to it. His brothers asked, do you really think you're going to be king and rule over us? Now they hated Joseph more than ever because of what he said he had said about his dream. Joseph later had another dream and he told his brothers, listen to what else I had dreamed. The sun, the moon, and eleven stars bowed down to me. When he told his father about his dream, his father became angry and said, What is that supposed to mean? Are your mother and I and your brothers all going to come and bow down to you? Joseph's brothers were jealous of him, but his father kept wondering about the dream. One day, when Joseph's brothers had taken the ship to a pasture near Shechem, his father Jacob said to him, I want you to go to your brothers. They are with the ship near Shechem. Yes, sir, Joseph answered. His father said, go and find out how your brothers and the sheep are doing. Then come back and let me know. So he went, so he sent him from Hebron Valley. Joseph was near Shechem and wandering through the fields when a man asked, what are you looking for? Joseph answered, I am looking for my brothers who are watching the sheep. Can you tell me where they are? They are not here anymore, the man replied. I overheard them say they were going to Dothan. Joseph left and found his brothers in Dothan. 
But before he got there, they saw him coming and made plans to kill him. They said to one another, Look, here comes the hero of those dreams. Let us kill him and throw him into a pit. And say that some wild animal ate him. Then we will see what happens to those dreams. Reuben had this and tried to protect Joseph from them. Let's not kill him, he said. Don't murder him or even harm him. Just throw him into a well out there in the desert. Reuben planned to rescue Joseph later and take him back to his father. When Joseph came to his brothers, they pulled off his fancy coat and threw him into a dry well. And Joseph's brothers sat down to eat. And they looked up and saw a caravan of Ishmaelites coming from Gilead. Their camels were loaded with all kinds of spices that they were taking to Egypt. So Judah said, What will we gain if we kill our brother and hide his body? Let us sell him to the Ishmaelites and not harm him. After all, he is our brother. And the others agreed. When the Midianite merchants came by, Joseph's brothers took him out of the well. And for, four, and for 20 pieces of silver, they sold him to the Ishmaelites who took him to Egypt. By the grace of God, this very morning, reading from Genesis 37, 1 to 28, I'll be speaking on the topic, Destiny Divine, Destiny Defining Moments. Destiny Defining Moments. The story of Joseph is mind-blowing and it looks very, very incredible. Now, when you look at the end story of all that he became, you will find out that it is very, very incredible to believe that a slave, someone, not even an immigrant, because if you're an immigrant, you probably have a legal status to live in the United States. But we're talking about somebody who is a slave, who does not have the right to do what he wants because somebody has to dictate what he should do. Somebody has a legal right over him. So he doesn't own himself. He can I mean, you can choose the school you want to go to. Joseph can't even go to a school, talk less of choosing the school he wants to go to. You wake up this morning, you can tell yourself, hey, this is what I'm going to wear, or I'm going to have some nice breakfast, and then you plan your lunch and dinner, and then some of you are already planning vacation, some of you are thinking of what you're going to do for Thanksgiving in a couple of weeks or a month or more. Joseph was a slave. He couldn't do that. Joseph was subject to what only his owner, the slave master, tells him to do. So if the slave master says to Joseph, you can't sleep now. You can only sleep at a certain time. He has no choice. He has to do that. The slave master can tell him that you can't sleep on the bed. You gotta go sleep on the floor, or you gotta go sleep somewhere where animals stay. He has no choice, he has to obey. Joseph didn't have the right to do whatever he wanted to do. But his end story was that Joseph, that we just read, was not only a slave in a foreign country, he also had his name uh, written in the sex offender register. Just like you have here in the US, you want to rape, attempted rape, or you go do some um, uh, things with a minor sexually, you will get your name in that of, <laughs> of sex offender register. You can't do anything for yourself. So I can imagine Joseph in our own time. He would have been unable to rent a house, get a mortgage, 
He wouldn't have been able to go to school. He wouldn't have been able to live among people. He wouldn't have been able to get a job also because he already a sex offender. As a matter of fact, Joseph would not have been able to have access to credit, finance. He wouldn't have been able to do anything of that for his life because Joseph had his name written in the sex offender register. Joseph, not only were his brothers were jealous of him, but because of it, they sold him into slavery. And I want to tell you this morning what slavery is. Earlier on, I told you that a slave cannot do what they want to do for themselves. A slave can be a laborer. A laborer can be a slave. You working at your job, you can be a slave at your job. In your marriage, in that relationship you are, you can be a slave. As a child to your parents, as a parent to your child, you can be a slave. As a church member, even as a pastor, you can also be a slave. When we talk about who a slave is, you're also saying a slave is a captive. A slave is always a victim, a victim of so many circumstances. Why? Because slavery entails you getting involved in what you are willing to do. That is why I said even as a parent, as a husband, as a wife, as someone in a relationship or even at your job or even with your clients in your business or whatever relationship you find yourself in, once you see that you do what you're willing to do, once you see that you work for so many hours, you work for long hours, yet you are underpaid as slavery. When you are forced to obey to do something, and this thing you are forced to do is, is out of your will, it is slavery. When someone or something can lay claim to your life, to your destiny, to the decisions you make, <laughs> without your own volition, without your will, it is slavery. That's why a lot of people just see slavery as you've been sold off to some other people or merchant or whatever you want to call it. But slavery has gone beyond that. Slavery has gone beyond you being a house help or somebody even cheating you at your job. You work for long hours and yet you're on the pay. Slavery has gone beyond all of that. There is what they call mental slavery. When you subject your thinking, your will, your beliefs, your attitude to another person's own of thinking, I mean way of thinking, or to some groups of people's way of thinking. That's slavery. And today, a lot of us are victims of mental slavery. That's why I told you that even a pastor can be a victim of slavery. A church member can be a victim of slavery. A daughter, a son in a family can be a victim of slavery. A parent, a spouse, just name it. Anyone can be a victim of of slavery. Why? Because mental slavery evolves from 
the, 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 the way your thinking, the way your beliefs, your will, your attitude is subjected to other people's thinking, other people's group, whether they are, indiv- whether they are individuals or groups. When you begin to see that your views in life, your life, the events that transpire in your life, when you see that you cannot objectively view things, when you are unable to develop and use your mind to take favorable decisions that will do you good, you are a slave of what you obey. When I can't take decisions on my own, when I have to depend on your own view, when I have to, to rely on your own thinking or your own attitude, then I'm a slave of you mentally. It doesn't matter how wealthy I am. It doesn't matter what, what I am in form of status, title, position. It doesn't even matter how influential I am, how powerful I am. The truth is, once your views are not objective, that you have to see things, life, issues, events, in other people's mind, then you are a victim of slavery. Now, looking at the story we read about Joseph, you will see how Joseph was able to overcome all the challenges he went through. Let's look at two things. Two things that are destiny-defining moments for Joseph. And I know for someone here this morning, by the grace of God, you will experience God's defining moments in your life. Because whatever area of your life that you have been subjected to slavery, I don't care whether it's in your finances, I don't care whether it's in your home, in your family, in your marriage. I don't care whether it's at your job, your career. God will bring you out. And will cause his grace to envelope you in the name of Jesus. People get enslaved financially because you engage in impulse buying. You go, and it's okay to, to, to shop. It's okay to buy whatever it is you want to buy. But I, I once met a lady somewhere in uh, Philadelphia some times back, years ago. And that lady, I just saw her on Amazon and then she kept on tapping, adding to cats, adding to cats, and then checking out. And I got so curious because she was doing that for a long time. And I asked her, you don't have a job, do you? She said, no. And then I asked her again. Um, so how can you afford this lifestyle? Buying things that you don't even need. She responded by saying, Oh, I'm on welfare. I got money from the government. I don't have to do nothing. All I need to do is have fun. And she just kept on buying things. And then I told a colleague of mine, who she happens to be his cousin, because I got to meet her through the uh, um, acquaintance, I don't want to say friend. And I said, what's going on? Why is she behaving this way? 
But Aleta learns that she's just acting the slavery script. Why? Because that is not a view for life. She has subjected her view for life to impulse buying what she would normally not have done for herself. But there was something that was influencing her. Free money. Different things were appealing to her. Slavery. A lot of us are in that state of slavery. Joseph had a defining moment. You, you see that God has told you that you're going to become something in life. Some of you too had had dreams. Some of you had seen yourself getting married, having kids of your own. Some of you have this passion and desire that at a certain age, you want to be somewhere in life. Prophecies have come and gone, yet nothing to show for it. The pastor has prophesied over you. In fact, you too have seen it yourself. You are very convinced that this is what God has said concerning me. And it will definitely come to pass. But rather than get to see progress, that these things are going to be achieved steadily, gradually, you are seeing something that is more of a setback, a retrogression. You keep getting into trouble. Life gets harder. It's becoming worse and worse and worse. And you're like, but they prophesied to me. I even prophesied myself. In fact, I slept and I had a dream. I knew that this year is my year of higher ground. Oh, that is the theme for the church. Higher ground. Greater heights. I knew it. I sowed seeds. I gave. I have been serving God diligently. It's September. Just one quarter left for 2021 to end. Yet, I have nothing to show for it. Rather, I'm in debt. My fiance, my fiance broke up with me. Oh, my husband. He's misbehaving. My husband. I slept the house. My wife left me. My children don't no, no, not talk to me anymore. I've been written up a job one time, two time, and the third strike, I don't know what future I have at this job anymore. COVID-19 came and I lost my job. I've been at this job for years and there's no promotion. No parents. I have been trying to have a child of my own yet. I am not pregnant yet. Oh, I can't even impregnate my wife. Oh, my womb. I keep losing that child. I keep applying for that job. And it doesn't get better. They don't even call me for interviews yet. This year, they said in the church, that is our year of greater heights. But I have not even climbed on any heights. Even if I can just see one little open door, maybe I'll be fine. Joseph had two dreams that 
it will be his own time of greater heights too. Rather than him seeing himself moving closer, closer, closer. Because again, the Bible says the path of the just is like a shining light that shines brighter and brighter unto the perfect day. The Bible says that we will move from one level of glory to another level of glory. Yet, I am not moving from one level of glory to another level of glory. In fact, maybe it would have been better to still stay where I am and be stagnant. At least I'm enjoying, the little I'm enjoying. But it has not been that. Retrogression, backwardness, setback has been experienced all the while. Yet, they said this, is year, this year is a year of greater heights. Joseph had two dreams. But he was sold into slavery. They kidnapped him. They took him away from his own place of comfort. But God had a hand in it. I don't know what you're going through. I don't know what is happening in your life. If only you know that God is a master architect. If only you know that God is a master planner. Jeremiah 29, 11, it says, I know the thought I have towards you, thoughts of good and not of evil, that will give you an experience, anything in prayer, put you in glorious hope. He says that, say ye to the righteous, your tomorrow shall be well. So, God is not a man that should lie. He said, if it was also, he would not say it. He says, his promises are yes and amen. He says that he, was, he sent forth his word and he healed them and delivered them from their destruction. He says that my words, I honor that my name he says there's no way my world will fall to the ground without it achieving what it is sent to, to achieve. The word of God says, the flower face, the grass withers, but the word of our God shall stand forever. And yes, you believe all of that, but nothing to show for. The doctor told me I'll recover in the next two weeks. It's two months, it's two years. I'm still struggling with that pain. The pastor told me I'm going to get married this year. No one has proposed to me. I don't even have any relationship. They told me I'm going to get a job. It's one year. No letter. It's getting worse. They told me I was going to have a house of my own. I just got a quick notice. They told me I'm going to have my own child. I'm not even conceiving, talk less of being pregnant. So, how possible? And the year is going to end now. I thought this year I'm going to have my own child. I'm going to use my womb to carry my child, but unfortunately, it's menopause already. I tried over the IVF, it's not working. Joseph too felt that way. I can imagine how everything would be for him when his brothers took him because of the hate. See, the mistake we all do, and that is the number one point, that is the destiny-defining moment that you need to reflect on. Number one point is that instead of getting upset, when things don't go your way, why don't you believe that God knows what he's doing? Rather than get upset, 
That's why you don't come to church anymore because you lost your job. That's why you don't want to pray anymore because you broke your heart. She broke your heart. Oh, because they got you written up again and they said they're going to lay you off and you feel, well, you know what? Church, bye. God, bye. I ain't praying no more. I ain't fasting no more. They told you if you pay your tithes, God will bless you and there's nothing to show for it. You know what? Tithes, bye. Offering, bye. Because why should I lose my job? I've been paying my tithes, paying my offering. Yet things are going from bad to worse. Not worse to good, not bad to good, bad to worse. And it's becoming worse and worse and worse every day. Because imagine Joseph being sold into slavery. He was thrown in the well, first of all. As if that was not enough. I felt maybe when they were bringing him out of the well, he had some little bit of joy and hope in him. Oh, finally they're taking me out. And then his hope was dashed. He was sold into slavery. He has been talking to you and you feel he's going to propose to you and then you see that he never did. Oh, you felt that the pain was going only for you to go for a second test. And then the doctor told you, no, no, he's still there. Or he's even getting worse. You are touched with that proposal you made, the contracts and everything, or your, 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 your feedback from your boss, your supervisor came back good, your appraisals, and you think you're going to get a pay raise or a promotion. And while your hopes were high up, they even brought you down. So why are you getting upset? The defining moment for you, destiny defining moment for you is that instead of getting upset, when things don't go your way, why don't you believe that God knows what he is doing? Number two point you need to note on that destiny defining moments is that instead of complaining, God, why is this happening to me? You said if I serve you, you will bless my bread and water and sickness will not be found in my midst. Oh, you said no weapon from against me shall prosper because this is the heritage of the sons of the Lord. I've been serving you yet nothing to show for. God, are you still alive? Why did I have that accident? Why did I lose my job? Why did I got infected with COVID-19? Are you not the one that says you wish above all things that we should prosper and be in hell even as our soul prospers? God, why? Instead of complaining, you want to believe his word that he has you at the palm of his hands. The Bible says that we are written at the palms of the hands of God and that God, the master director, is directing your steps. You may not understand it, but God knows what he's doing. Joseph didn't understand what was going on when he was thrown into the well. He didn't understand what was going on when he was sold to slavery. He was taken to Potiphar's house. He thought, finally, I've been made the head of slaves. I can now eat what I want. I'm in charge of so many things. And then Potiphar's wife came looking for him. And then he ran away because he was not going to sin against God. And then they, she lied. She falsely accused him. And then they caught him and threw him into jail. And it was like, 
I thought I was already getting to my promised land. God, you said I should stay away from sin. Oh, why did I obey you? Because now I'm in jail. I've been falsely accused. What are you going through in your life now that is causing you to shift focus, to lose track? Your destiny defining moment is at play. Don't lose focus. Stop getting upset when things don't go your way. Your ways, he said in his word, is not his own way. The ways of God are different. They are past finding out. And we all try to box God in a cage that we expect that he will do it according to our expectation. You feel that, okay, so God, you know what? Um, I'm, I'm going to meet my husband. Okay, so when I go to that wedding, I go to that party, or I go to this place or at my job, um, he's going to look at me, so I have to dress this way. Uh, he's going to talk to me, or I'm going to meet a cousin's friend. I'm going to meet a cousin's neighbor. I'm going to meet someone at my job, or somebody is going to introduce to me. Okay, I'm going to come to church, but I will meet somebody in church. So you all have all of this planned out and wired in your heart. Who knows? Maybe the person that God has ordained for you as your wife, you don't even know her. Or maybe it's even your best friend. You don't know your spouse is your best friend. It might be your co-worker sitting beside you. Even if they are not, God might want you to meet your spouse in a dream. It might be someone who you hate so much, who you would never have anything to do with. Because you don't even know them. It might be a job that you never ever thought of you doing. Yet God will say, hey, that is my script. I'm the director. You are the actor. Actors listen to directors. You can't out out of scripts. you got to follow the line. God is the one that will tell you this is how you should act. So you got to remain synced with him and stop getting upset that you're not having your way. Stop blaming God. Stop accusing God. Stop questioning God. Stop complaining. When the Israelites were complaining, they continued in the wilderness for years and the journey that should have been maybe two minutes, two hours, two miles, four miles, they spent 40 years and they, they did not make it. They all died in the wilderness. It was another generation that made it to the promised land. God gave Joseph a dream that he will lead the nation. But along the way, one bad thing kept happening to him. He was thrown into the pit, sold into slavery, falsely accused, and then thrown into prison. He was falsely accused for doing the right thing. It didn't look like it. That he would ever walk out. But Joseph understood the principle that as long as he kept on doing his best, there was no way trouble would stop him. He knew that if any challenge should come up in his life, it can't stop him. Because he will keep doing his best. But 
these challenges will move him closer towards his destiny. That's why Joseph was not discouraged at any point. Joseph did not write any book of lamentations. Joseph did not write any story about his life and sorrows. Joseph had that principle that I will keep on doing my best. That is why from different points, from the prison to Potiphar's house, he was appointed the head, the head, because he kept doing his best. Your manager might not like you, your bosses might not like your work, keep doing your best. Keep doing your best. Your spouse might complain all the time. Keep doing your best. Your children might not listen to you all the time. Keep doing your best as a parent. As a parent. Your friend, your pastor might not look at you, might not call your name. But keep doing your best, working and serving for God in the church. You don't have to please people. Joseph was not pleasing anyone. If Joseph was going to please anyone, he would have pleased Potiphar's wife and committed sin. Joseph was accountable to God. Joseph's allegiance was to God. Who is your allegiance to today? Is it the people's views that you listen to? For you to take decisions and you are involved and becoming a, you make yourself a victim of mental slavery? Or you are stuck with God's principles? I speak to you this morning under prophetic auction. Any of you going through any kind of challenge in life, all those troubles that are overwhelming in the name of Jesus under prophetic grace this morning healing month healing morning God will move you closer to your destiny in the name of Jesus anyone that wants to bring you down to your job whatever plan they have for you it will not stand it will not come to pass in the name of Jesus any sickness that wants to bring you down this very morning God will heal you of those sicknesses in the name of Jesus I speak to marriages I speak to homes any marriage any home any family going through challenges in the name of Jesus this very morning God will restore joy God will restore peace He will restore happiness in the name of Jesus any destiny that the devil is trying to destroy right now this very morning I speak on the apostolic unction in the name of Jesus your destiny will overcome you will overcome all the works of darkness you will overcome all the works of Satan you will overcome every form of evil you will overcome in the name of Jesus for those of you the enemy has plans for this year you will not die I decree over you you will not be involved in any form of accident in the name of Jesus you will not lose your job those of you and the enemy wants to bring sickness and disease onto in your life I speak to you on that prophetic unction in the name of Jesus you will be living in health good health is your portion divine health is your portion in the name of Jesus Joseph knew that as long as he kept on doing his best trouble cannot stop him and because of that principle in life, God was connecting the dots for Joseph. Because if his brothers knew that they were pushing him closer to his destiny, they wouldn't have thrown him into the well, talk less of selling him into slavery. If Joseph, if his brothers had not sold him into slavery, Tell me how Joseph would have met Potiphar. That Potiphar's wife would now want to tempt him to lie with her and then he will be taken to prison again because it is from that prison that he finally got to the palace. All those steps, 
Everything that Joseph went through, if you analyze it, honestly, it doesn't make sense. Because they will tell you and say, hey, you are not the only one that has been serving God. You are not the only one who knows the Bible. But your life, there's something wrong with your life. Maybe you are suffering from a cause. Maybe there's a demon somewhere afflicting you. Maybe there's a sin in your life that you have not confessed. <laughs> because you just wonder and say, Joseph, no, no, Joseph, no, 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 hold it right there. No, you're tripping, Joseph. Only you thrown into the well? Only you into slavery? You were sold into slavery? Only you? You say you were falsely accused or you were rightly accused. You sure, then, Joseph? Are you sure you were not the one who was after her? Are you very just tell me the truth, Joseph? Just you know what I mean. We guys, just you can confide in me. I ain't gonna tell no one. Just tell me. You you did it right. You planned it. Your pastor might doubt you and say, "No, I don't believe in you, devil." Your husband might say, hey, no. No. Even your children might say, you know what? We're done with you. Friends, families, your parents might tell you, don't come close. We're done with you. The brothers never knew they were pushing him closer. So today, what looks like a betrayal what looks like a disappointment a setback they are all part of God's plan in your family you might be the black sheep in code. you might be the one who is not good is not achieving anything but <laughs> I have good news for you <laughs> they are all part of God's plan they are all part of God's plan because God knows what he is doing. For Joseph, he knew what he was doing. God knew that a day is coming. Remember that he is the beginning and the ending. The Alpha, the Omega. God knew he has seen the future. That there will be famine in Egypt. And he needed somebody to solve the problem of Egypt. He knew that one day America would go into inflation. He knew one day they would need to build a border wall. He knew one day that there will be some problems. He knew one day there will be COVID-19 and he would need someone to come up with a vaccine. He knew one day that even churches cannot meet because of COVID-19. There will be restrictions. People can't go to job. He knew people will lose their jobs. He knew people will lose their homes. He knew that hurricanes will happen. He knew that there will be one form of problem or the other. And because he's the master architect, he's a director. We are just actors. We're just pencil in the hands of our maker. He wants to use you to draw his own plan. Jeremiah. He told Jeremiah, since before you were born, I knew you. Before you were conceived in your mother's womb, I knew you. God is saying to you to this morning that come, before you got married, I knew I know everything about it. I actually made you to get married this way. 
Oh, before you found yourself in America, I knew you. I planned it for you. Before your parents met, I knew you. Before you got, they got pregnant of you, I knew you. So God knows what he's doing. He knew that the world, because Egypt those days was like America. Egypt was the most powerful nation on earth. God knew that Egypt would be in need of leadership. And he wanted to favor the Israelites. So he needed an Israelite to be in charge. It looked like trouble, but it was all part of God's plan. And it was the hand of God. He broke up with you. It looks like a heartache. You were laid off. It looks like a loss of job. You lost that baby. It looks like a miscarriage. You lost your home. It looks like you're homeless. It's all part of God's plan. It's all part of God's plan. It's in the hand of God. Joseph's brothers thought they got rid of Joseph. Do you know why? They took his coat of many colors. <laughs> they took his coat that got him favor everywhere. It doesn't matter what has happened to you. It doesn't matter the failures you've made in life. It doesn't matter the mistakes, the errors you've fallen into. The enemy can't take your calling. The enemy can't take your destiny. You might lose your job. They might not promote you. They might not give you a pay raise. But you cannot lose your destiny. They cannot take your gifts and talents from you. There's no way they can take you from who you are. Who God has made you to be. I speak to you this very morning. Lift up your hands. Your right hands on your head. Come on, put your hands on your head. I'm making a decree. The enemy can't take my calling from me. The enemy can't take my destiny from me. The enemy can't take my joy from me. In the name of Jesus, I will not lose my joy. In the name of Jesus, I will not lose my destiny. In the name of Jesus, I will not lose my talent. In the name of Jesus, they might lie against you. Your friends might betray you. People might try to do evil to you. But God is saying to you, that is all part of my plan. I'm involved. Don't worry. It might look like a betrayer, but it's all part of my plan. The Bible says in the book of Romans that all things work together for good to them who love God and are called according to his purpose. This morning, I want you to believe that it's all part of God's plan. The hand of God is in it. They might take your joy, but your joy is within you. They think the physical joy, smiling, is what is your joy. They didn't know that the joy of the Lord is your strength. They didn't know that weeping might endure for a night. But God, your joy through God comes in the morning. No one can stop your purpose. Keep on doing the right thing. Despite the trouble Joseph had, despite the betrayal he had, he kept on doing the right thing. One day, just like Joseph, I know that you will see God connecting the dots for you. And you will say like Joseph, Finally, when his brothers came to bow to him, and his father also bowed to him, Joseph told his brothers that you guys meant it for evil, but God meant it for good. If you had not planned it, if you had not betrayed me, if you had not called me a black sheep, if you had not looked down on me, if you had not done me evil, I won't be where I am this morning. I won't be where I am today. I know concerning you, 
It shall be your testimony. It shall be your testimony. The enemy is planning for evil. But God has it in mind. It shall be good for you. In the name of Jesus. I want you to bow down your heads. I'm beginning to talk to your maker. Father, let all be well with me. No matter what I'm going through, no matter what has been done to me, no matter what the enemy is planning for me, let all be well for me. Let all be well for me. Come on, lift up your voice. Lift up your voice. Have we been thrown into a well? Let all be well for me. Have we been sold into slavery? Let all be well for me. Have you been falsely accused? Let all be well for me. No matter what you're going through at your job, with your subordinates, with your co-workers, with your superiors, with your manager, father, let all be well with me. No matter what you're going through in your home, in your family, in your marriage, father, let all be well with me. Please, Lord, let all be well with me. Let all be well with me. Help me not to complain anymore. Help me not to complain anymore. I repent of every complaint. I repent of the wrong attitude. Let all be well for me. Oh Lord, deliver me from mental slavery. Deliver me from mental slavery. Let my views, let my life, everything concerning me, let it be aligned with your word. You said in your word, you said in your word, you wish above all things, and you shall be well with me. I shall be in health, as my soul prosperous. I speak to myself this very morning. Be here, dear it shall be well with you. You will move from glory to glory, from grace to grace. In the name of Jesus, be here, dear You will not fail, you will not fall, you will not falter. The Lord will uphold you. You will always expand your coast. Be a demon. You will break forth. You will break forth to the east. You will break forth to the west. You will break forth on the right side. You will break forth on the left side. You will move forward. You will move forward. You will be great. You will become very great. In the name of Jesus, be a demon. You will not beg. You will not beg. You will be a blessing. Not only will you be blessed, you will also be a blessing. Be a demon. You will be healthy. Your family will be healthy. All shall be well with you. All shall be well with you. In the name of Jesus, all shall be well with you. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Come on, come on, come on. Pray to the Almighty God. Pray to the Almighty God. Let all be well with me. Let all be well with my home. Let all be well with my job. Liberty Life, Southwest Church. In the name of Jesus, all shall be well with you. Every member of Liberty Life, Southwest Church, all shall be well with you. Every home represented in this church, all shall be well with you. In the name of Jesus, everything we lay hands on, it shall be well with us. We will not fall. We will not fail. God will uphold us. The Lord God Almighty will shine His light upon us. None of us will be sick. None of us will be sick. None of us will be laid off at our jobs. It shall be well with us. None of us will die on timely death. We will not die. But we will live to declare the goodness of God in the land of the living. In the name of Jesus, we will be fruitful. In the name of Jesus, we will not be in bondage. We will not be in captivity. God will bless us. He will lift our head up. He will lift our head up. He will lift our head up. In the name of Jesus, He shall be well with us. Thank you, Father. Glory be to your holy name. For in Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Amen. Amen.